1: So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? What's going on, my friends? Josh here. I'm going to play you an interview that I did, uh, actually interviewed by my friend Tim Kroll for a different educational platform. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. I talk about systems and uh, how to build systems, what types of systems are most important, and a whole bunch of other really valuable things, and I hope you like it. Hey
0: guys, we want to welcome you again. Um, I'm actually super excited. I've known Joshua for, uh, it's been almost two years, but, um, and he's a really, really good friend, but more importantly, and this is the stuff that uh, I guess it's not more important because friendship is really, really important, but the, the, yeah, woo, woo, yeah. So, um, obviously we, we're going to run this very relaxed. Um, and we're going to give a lot of really, really great detail uh, and, and some information today, but here's Joshua. Um, He's run three different companies, actually sold three different companies. Currently he's working on a fourth, which is a software company. He's in the fight. He's doing the entrepreneurial roller coaster (laughs) with this company, having all the great days and the bad days, just like almost every one of you guys that are out there. Um, His podcast is going to reach about a half a million, probably going to be a little bit more than a half a million downloads, which, I mean, it's just incredible. But most importantly, and this is what I love about Josh, is his heart. I love the love that he has for his wife and for his family. And to me, that is what I see as far as most important, because he spends so much time talking about them and I'm sure they're probably gonna come up somewhere in this conversation. Um, but uh I, that's what I love. It's just the fact that he's a really solid family man and the love of that he has for people comes out in just about everything that he does. And he's truly here to be able to help. And I know that he's gonna drop. A lot of information a lot of things so again just like the last one make sure you guys are taking notes make sure you're writing stuff down um, we're gonna follow up as far as with questions and kind of go back and forth a little bit as an interview again totally relaxed so if you guys have questions and you are seeing this for the first time whether it's recorded or um, if you haven't seen it live or whatever just make sure you go ahead and post and we'll definitely get back in touch with you guys so without any other introduction uh, my friend from Michigan. I have to get that in there. <laughs> so um, let's go ahead and jump into this because again, um, he's just got a wealth of information. Um, everything from service businesses into uh, the software businesses uh, into actually building and, and putting systems into place so that you can actually walk through processes. So I'm not going to take any more time. I'm going to let Joshua take it away and then we'll just kind of follow up with questions. So you are on all right. Well, hey, how's
1: it going, everybody in the uh, Examin.ly family? I'm happy to be here and to share some things with you that I've learned along my journey. I've had a lot of successes, a lot of very, I always joke that I have a bachelor's degree in pain and a master's <laughs> in suffering. So I'm hoping I don't have to get my PhD and whatever would come after that.
0: All right. Um,
1: <laughs> Uh, Your test is your testimony, right? Your mess becomes your message, right? So a little bit of backstory about me. Yes, I built from scratch and sold three different companies and working on the fourth. Um, uh, But I didn't come from any entrepreneurial background. So I don't know if anybody out there can relate to this, but I had zero entrepreneurial-minded people around me growing up. I had good people that loved me growing up, but I didn't have any kind of influence. So when I was about Mm -hmm. 17 years old and I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I kind of had this epiphany like that building a business or being a business person or an entrepreneur was even a thing. I, I hadn't even considered it and it just hit me right in my gut. It had a massive impact on me. And I started out actually as a pizza delivery guy, married at 20 years old, living in a trailer park to my high school sweetheart. I was the quarterback of the football team. She was the captain of the cheerleading squad. Oh, classic, you know, classic. A <laughs> mile apart, right? All American, <laughs> even down to the trailer we lived in and my pizza delivery guy. Um, but I always knew that, you know, I was, I was meant for something big, something different, right? Radical. Jump off the cliff, build the plane on the way down. And maybe you feel like that. Like if you have invested in like Examinely and you're learning and you're hungry, uh, you're on the right path, right? Because uh, you do not have to blaze your own trail. And that's why I was excited to even be involved with Examinely is because um, you can always tell who the leaders are because they're laying face down in the dirt with arrows in their back. <laughs> You don't have to That's be that so person, right? So, what I want to talk about today is this concept of systems. Now, don't panic and think that it'll be boring because it won't be boring. But, you know, everything in our life is a system, right? And so when you look at a business, I don't care if it's an e-commerce business or a brick and mortar local retail store. It does not matter. Everything is really a business. It's just a series of systems stacked up on top of each other, right? <clears throat> and, and secondarily, there's a series of relationships stacked up on top of each other with your team and your customers and your vendors and all that stuff. Uh, so systems is the key. Systems is the path. You know, there are a lot of people out there, a lot dumber than you, the person watching this, that have already done what you're trying to do. <laughs> Just remember that, right? Like, you don't have to be a genius. I didn't go to college. I stopped by for like five seconds, right? I always <laughs> say I stopped by community college. I've always loved <laughs> to learn, but I hated formal, structured education because I didn't care about like, the things that they wanted me to care about Uh, you probably feel the same way so that's a little bit of backstory for me and when I started my first company it was actually a home service company cleaning windows for people and my original goal was to make $500 a week right like that was a big deal I remember sitting on the floor of our trailer strategizing how can I make $500 a week but if I get four people to pay me $125 then that'll be 500 a week I don't have to deliver pizza anymore and I was working through this belief ceiling inside my head right I didn't even understand that a huge portion of our success in business is directly 100% uh, tied to the way that we think about ourselves, what we think is possible and, and all these false belief patterns that we have on, on what the upside is. So that, that I was so stressed to try to make $500 a week. I didn't have any systems. I didn't even know I was supposed to. And I struggled for a couple of years getting that business going. You fast forward about, uh, six or eight years after that and that that window cleaning business was doing over a hundred and eighty thousand dollars a month and it was completely automated I didn't even barely do anything for that company for two full years before I sold it to a company from California and the, the reason I was able to do that is I've I leveled up my belief along the way with meeting other people that had already done what it is that I was trying to do number one and just kind of gradually gaining confidence and momentum Ah, uh, but really, systems. so systems, systems, system, systems. Now, if you already have a business, your business right now actually already has systems. So the question isn't, should I use systems in my business? The question is, are the systems that you're already using serving you well? Mm. Are they serving you well? okay? For example, you talked about family, I have five kids. Can you believe that? It's insane. Um, <laughs> It's chaos at our house sometimes, but we have even family systems. You know, one thing that people like when I bring up sometimes is this idea of family systems. We have I have special days with my kids each week. I have Maverick Monday and Sawyer Sunday and Tucker Tuesday. I have Finley Friday, and we have an eight-month-old named Judah May, and she's gonna be Thursday. Get it? See what I did there? (laughs) But the reason we do that is because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm driven, I'm hungry, I'm motivated, I'm trying to do these big things, and it consumes me. And if I'm not intentional, uh, those moments with my kids will get away from me. And I, I'm not perfect with it. We miss days all the time, but it's there. I called my shot. It's out in the open, right? It's a structure. Uh, we also have date night with my wife on Saturday. We have the Latimer birthright, which is this like proclamation my kids memorize. We have Latimer of the month where my kids vote for which kid demonstrated the best work ethic, character, leadership, and faith for that month. And those are all systems. And uh, your business has systems. so. What I want to really talk about is is what types of systems there are, but really I want to focus on on one because no matter where you are in your business journey, and I'm assuming a lot of you guys are beginners or you're early in the process, there's one system that is the foundational cornerstone, the most important possible system to start with. Can you guess what it is? Any guesses? Anybody? Huh? Oh, that's right. No one's actually talking back to me. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah the, uh, they'll
0: pipe in here in a minute so hang on
1: <laughs> yeah the answer is sales and marketing uh, sales and marketing is the lifeblood it's the fuel in the gas tank sales and marketing has to be the thing that you get right so that you can build an organization around whatever it is that you're doing uh, and it can be tricky right so we're gonna we're gonna go deep on sales and marketing and some of the psychology and different sales tips and tactics that i've learned you know selling millions of dollars online and selling millions of dollars in real life, brick and mortar with the service company. Um, but before that, I think we should talk about like, what is the system, right? So yeah,
0: yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cause everybody's like looking at this and you opened up and saying like, okay, you know, don't worry, it's not going to be boring, but we need to also make sure that, you know, they understand cause I, I, this is what I found, especially in all the industries is everybody talks about systems and everybody's got a different definition. Mm-hmm. So how do we, how do we just totally clarify exactly what we're talking about inside that system sure. for these guys? I mean, that's, that's a big Big question I think that's coming
1: up here. Right, well I break systems down, so what you wanna do is you can break your company into departments if you want. For example, with a home service company, you'll have like sales, service, and maybe like operations or admin, or you could have sales, marketing, finance, you know, operations and whatever. And What you wanna do is you're already doing things in your business, and so a really good way to, to figure out what you should systemize first is to take a piece of paper And I want you to write down, I want you to think in your head over the last previous seven days, everything that you did that is business related at all. And people will write this list, and they'll get stuck. They'll write four or five things, and they think they're done. No, they're, there should be like twenty things. Because how long? I'm, how long, long do
0: you recommend them actually focusing on that? I mean, because obviously this is not going to be like a five-minute thing. We just write it down. Is this like a fifteen-minute thing? Is it a an hour thing? Do you take a day and think about it? Like how long? Yeah, you can to
1: keep adding to it. But really, what you do it just this is just a really simple thing to start. You can spend ten or fifteen minutes because okay. what I want to demonstrate is a really good principle because people are confused on what a system is. Mm-hmm. But they're also confused on what system. even focus on and they do them in the wrong order Um, and so there's just a lot of waste and things like that so a system is just a predefined way to do something in your business and what we want to do is when you you already have systems in the way that you talk to yourself in your head you have systems in the way that you make your bank deposits the way that you check your sales the way that you do every little thing the way you update a website the way that you run a promotion the way that you make content to put on social media the things that you're already doing those are systems but they're, they're, they're a system that's in your head. And so step one is to get it out of your head and document it. And that's what I call a minimum viable system, MVS. Oh. After it's an MVS, and you can if you have a team around you, you start to assemble a team, once you delegate a system to another human and they start doing that thing, that's what I call a full system. So a full system means it's predefined, documented, consistent, reliable, and you don't do it. That's like the goal. And the reason we start with the piece of paper to write down what you do is because we're going to prioritize what systems to build first. And this is really simple. What you're going to do, you're going to write down, okay, I check the email. I go to the bank. I do QuickBooks. I take all the product photos. I do, I clean the window, like literally every minute task you do. I Mm. uh, do customer service. I answer the phone on inbound, whatever. I go, whatever it is, write all the stuff down. And then next to each item, I want you to put how many dollars per hour you think that that task is worth in the marketplace, okay? So if you change your own brake pads on your car, that's a thing, right? How much would it cost if you paid someone to change your brake pads per hour? If you go to the grocery store to buy snacks for your office, how much would it cost if we paid someone to go to the grocery store and buy snacks for our office? If you return the emails or do customer service, how many, right, you see what I'm saying? So what you do is after you have this list of all the stuff you do, because we all wear a ton of hats running yeah. small. Companies. Then you assign a dollar per hour to it. Then we're going to prioritize the list and make a new list where the cheapest stuff is at the top going down to the more expensive stuff. Right? So if you're doing your own taxes, that's really cool, but it might cost a hundred dollars an hour to have someone do your taxes. Um, and then you even put things on there like strategic planning or relationship building. We're networking. And those are very high dollar per hour tasks that are hard to delegate. So they would be at the bottom of the list. And then basically what we do is we we, we create documented systems or explanations of how to do all those low-level things. So that's always where you start.
0: You don't have to do can everything I,
1: at the same time.
0: Yeah, can I – I mean, like, so – I just have the sense, I don't know if you've seen that commercial, everybody's heads just kind of blow and you get that blue dust or whatever, but I'm thinking that we've got several people that after what you just said, their head is like, you know, and they're just like, this is an incredibly new way as far as how to think about your business very systematically. And we're probably overusing that word, but it's so true is you're right now talking about how are you thinking about your business systematically? And then now I'm sure you're going to talk about more on how to implement some of those systems and things like that. But This is key. I mean, like, I I don't want to glaze over this because this is such a critical principle for anybody on any business, whether it's a service, e-com, whether you're trying to get leads or trying to get apps or downloads or anything else. It's so critical because so many of us want to take on all of those hats and we want to run it because we feel like we are the only ones that know how to do this. We're the only ones that can do it right. You know, and so, like, just I, this is just a, a huge, huge concept, so much deeper, and being able to get yourself out of your own head and start looking at it from a actual business standpoint rather than just, hey, we are going to, uh, you know, figure out how to do $500 a week in Windows. But I, yeah. I just don't, I don't want to glaze over that because this is such a big, big principle, and you got to write that down. You got to, whether you have yeah, to and, rewind and, it or whatever.
1: And maybe we should even step back for a second because when I work with people, because I do business consulting and coaching and things like that sometimes. The first, like whenever we're talking about business, people get all stressed out and they run towards tactics and they try to implement 400 things and they read this book and they get halfway through and they start this course and they get halfway through. Let's push pause on that for a second because the first thing we have to do, even before systems, is we have to be very clear on why we're doing what we're doing in the first place. And it has to be measurable. So when I coach people and I say, okay, what are we trying to do here? Like you have this company, it's kind of messed up, but we can fix it and stuff. Why are you getting out of bed every day to do this? What, what do you want to happen? If I pushed a magic button, what, ha- what does your business look like? Mm-hmm. And what does it allow you to do? Because we all have what I call a mountaintop or a why. You have to define that. You have to become obsessed with that, right? Because honestly, like I literally hate building systems, but, <laughs> but this is the path. You know, math is the path. Logic is a the path. Mm. There's a predetermined order of events that need to happen for you to build a successful company that you're not a slave to, that doesn't become a nightmare, that doesn't ruin your life, right? Um, divorce yeah. is a big problem for entrepreneurs because there's nothing's defined. It's a mess. You're in survival mode and we forget why we're doing it in the first place. So I just want to encourage people, get clear on your why. And if I were to ask you, what do you want? spend time finding a way to articulate exactly razor sharp what you want in one or two sentences because most people can't even answer that question almost no one can when i ask them they usually tell me what they don't want well i don't want to be broke anymore i don't want to struggle anymore no no no, no. Yeah. you can't build a successful company by running away from something you do it by running towards something that you mm-hmm. want like that's the path that's a huge thing yeah. and then with systems like
0: Can I, again, let me just emphasize, because this is so important, and I know we're a little bit on a rabbit trail apart from systems, but it's a foundational tool, is understanding your why. I have watched people, when they grasp that, it's their eyes light up, and all of a sudden they jump out of bed in the morning instead of like, oh, I got to get up and do another job, or oh, I, you know, their entire attitude changes, and their life just has a direction and a purpose. And while we're on this rabbit trail, I mean, like, I know that that's, that's not exactly about systems, but it's such a critical thing to be able to implement and find out what your systems are. So, you know, the first thing you talked about was just defining the systems. Now you're kind of talking about the why and reason why you have to have the systems and things like that in place. But Man, now we're going to probably transition, and I'm sure this is where you're going, but transition into the actual system part of it. And this is like the meat, I guess, of, of, what, of what it is that you're looking to, to share with everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, conceptually, systems are simple, but people won't do it. And there's actually five steps that I use to build a system. I'm going to teach you guys what they are right now. It's really simple. But people don't do it. Look, people aren't overweight because they don't understand how to not eat birthday cake for breakfast, right? <laughs> It's not an information problem. Typically, we have massive behavior problems, belief right. problems, clarity problems. You know, that's that's a whole other webinar that we could do teaching about that. <laughs> but if you know what you want and why you want it, when things are hard, you'll still get out of bed and do the thing. And the number one reason that I've experienced when working with people, why people aren't doing it is because they've lost track of what the big vision is, what the mountaintop is in their life. Because one of the things we say around my household, around our kids all the time is, I don't care how hard something is. It's literally irrelevant to me how hard something is. The only thing that matters is, is it worth it? Mm. Because if it is worth it, then you don't even have to waste time feeling sorry for yourself about how hard it is. You just keep chopping wood and you keep putting in systems and you get out of bed or you get home late and you actually do the stuff that I'm gonna show you right now, even though it's not sexy and it's not fun, but you do it anyway because you are that hungry for that thing that you want, right? So anyway, there's your motivational pep talk.
0: talk <laughs> That's awesome. You rewind that and we're going to play it again. Rewind and play it again. Like every morning, just play that. Boom, yes. boom, boom.
1: we <laughs> need like that epic background music going. Yeah, on. Boom, um, boom, boom. So what is a system? A system is just a predefined way to do something that has to be done inside your business. You probably have all the systems in your head. We got to get them onto paper. So what I do for step one to create a system is I start with a mind map. Mind mapping software is everywhere. I use Mac computers and stuff, so don't hate me if you're a PC guy, we can still be friends and stuff. But there's a great program called Mindnode, N-O-D-E, Mindnode. Mindnode is amazing in terms of what it allows you to do. But basically you take a brain dump and you just like puke out all this stuff on a certain topic onto the page. So for example, when you go back to that sheet of paper and you say that you do your own book, bookkeeping, Or you answer the phone yourself and that's worth $10 an hour and we're going to build that system. We're basically, we're going to open a mind map up and we're going to put, you know, answer the phone and then off a branch to that, we'll say, you know, over the top friendly voice, make sure you ask them the you know, important questions to ask, you know, name, phone number, email and address, blah, 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 you know, important offers that we say Um, log into this database to document it here. Like you just kind of like, you don't worry about organizing it. Just get like everything related to that, node that answer the phone node that thing everything you can think of just dump it onto the page after you're done and you can't think of anything at all anymore um, then you're gonna start kind of organizing it and regrouping it into logical clusters do you have a question
0: Uh, yeah so on that first one and I can hear this already coming like well what if I don't have that that computer software how do I do it then well it wouldn't be part of your system Oh,
1: you say if you don't have a mind map?
0: Yeah, like so. What? No. What if we don't? What if we don't have a Mac? So, like me, if I'm a PC guy, well, what am I? can I mean, like,
1: there's web-based ones that are that are free, like MindMeisters, another one. Just Google mind map software. Gotcha. Yeah, it's kind of out there. I yeah. just like MindNode, but I think you have to pay like twenty bucks for MindNode or something. Yeah, like
0: and that. I, I mean, like for me too, it's like I can't stand mind mapping on a computer. That's what I got the whiteboard for. So yeah, that's it's just it's me and my personality. So I, I don't want, really, I don't want anybody to come across and say, "Hey, I don't have it," so it's an excuse not to do it. And so that's really the. I think that's the point of this question is like, hey, no excuses, just get it done. You can
1: write your your things on Oreos and lay them on your living room floor, thor- <laughs> thor- organize them if you want. The idea is to do a brain dump and get it kind of out in front of you, and then you can look at it and then you kind of like group it together, logically. Gotcha. But you do not stop making progress because it's not perfect. You know, this is the problem: is people are perf- they're perfectionists, meaning they actually don't ever implement or do anything or accomplish anything. Yeah. Massive imperfect action. I should have wore that shirt today. I have one that says massive imperfect action. So once you <laughs> once you've dumped your, your topics around that, that one thing that you're currently doing, then we're going to do step two, which is we're going to export that to plain text. Okay. Or if you, do, if you're like old school, you could just write it down, but what we're going to do is mm-hmm. dump that. It'll you know, most of these mind mapping softwares will just convert it to like a word doc for you. And so there'll be like this, the main point with little subpoints, and the second main point, the subpoints say, okay, that's step two. Step three is what I call polish and formalize. And this is where you get in that word doc and you start adding a little bit of meat and body to these things. Mm. You have the idea over the top friendly when you answer the phone, what does that mean? We need to define that, right? When you answer the phone, make sure you're standing up, so your energy is higher. Make sure you're aware of your voice inflection, you know, because 70% of communication is nonverbal. And when you're on the phone, like it's you got to have energy. And, and then maybe you include a script that they say, you know, thank you for calling ABC services. You know, we're so happy you called us. How can I help you? Whatever. And so you're documenting it. And it's the thing that you're already doing, but this is an opportunity to kind of spit shine it and, and, and make it a little bit better, which we'll get into perceived value and stuff in a minute. But um, so what you do, you, you polish and formalize it. Now we have like a fully built out Word doc for, for something. That's a system. That right there is a minimum viable system. You're still the one doing it, but you've defined it. And I could train somebody how to do it by sitting next to them for one day, going through the document, and then leaving them with the document and going over there, and then they're still doing it. It's magical. It's magical, right? Okay. So that, that's step three is when you polish and formalize Step four is where everybody screws up and totally fails. And this is on um, executing on the system, meaning you try to get your team to do it, right? And what happens is, this is so common, it's insane. You'll, you'll have a new idea or a new policy or a new system. You say, hey guys, on every Tuesday, we're gonna do this, this, this uh, team meeting and we're gonna talk about this and this and this or something, and that'll be a system. A Tuesday team meeting is a system. Well, then you won't really implement it correctly or you won't follow through with it. And it just kind of fizzles away and fades away. And there's no accountability. It doesn't happen. And when you take a system and you deploy it and execute on it, which is step four, uh, but you're not like a broken, relentless record that's just driving that home for an extended period of time until it becomes part of your core culture of your team, mm-hmm. then people won't respect you. They won't take new systems seriously. And then you're going to get mad at them. You're gonna be like, I can't believe these idiots don't ever follow the system. Well, the thing is, is you have to be a relentless nonstop over and over broken record for a little while until they don't know how to not do it that way. Mm. They don't know what it's like to not have the phone script thing because it's ingrained in them as a habit. But step four, when you're deploying the system or you're training or teaching, you have to be like, you have to just pretend like the people working around you are five-year-olds, not in a disrespectful way, but like you have to tell them eight billion times. And then the fifth step to building systems is to, um, iterate and optimize and all that means is is you go back and you revisit them and I actually bring the team in I say do we even need to do this like do we need is this redundant no no we need that but it sucks and it's broken and we need to fix it okay cool how do we fix it what do we think And I call that giving people a seat at the table. They get to participate in system creation. Mm -hmm. You can let people in different departments or people that work for you help build their own systems. They have way more buy-in. They're way more likely to follow through with it. Stuff like that, right? But that's essentially and very simple, really, how to build a system, get it out of your head, get it organized, delegate it to someone. And now that $6 an hour task or that $10 an hour task is gone off of your plate, right? Mm -hmm. So the question becomes, what do you do once you free up space for yourself, like what system should <laughs> you be working on the most? Right. And the answer is sales and marketing. So for home service companies, like there's a really clearly defined five stages that people go through as they build an automated, scalable, profitable business. And this is true for all industries. That's why you want to really hack like what other people are doing and, and really mirror things that are working and make it your own and be creative and don't steal stuff creatively. But you can identify like, how this little company did this and then they maybe they didn't add five more products until they hit a million dollars with their two products and then they did this and then they did that and then they hired a best person. Uh, for the home service companies, there's stage one where you're the person doing the thing. You're delivering the deliverable. You're the guy mowing the lawn yourself. You're doing everything else, but you're like spending more than 50% of your time Delivering whatever it is that you're selling, like you're doing it. If it's ecom, you're like putting the the t-shirt in the box and mailing it or something. And then stage two is when 50 percent or more of your time is doing administrative tasks. You're still doing the mowing the lawn. You're still doing everything. It's a nightmare, but more and more of your time is consumed doing customer service or returning emails or getting on the phone, doing some bookwork, doing payroll, stuff like that. You're in stage two if that kind of like describes where you're at. Like it's stressful, you feel like you're winning, but you're like, oh my God, why did I do this? I'm not winning. That's stage two. Stage three is when you're able to spend at least 50% of your time on sales and marketing related tasks. So that means you have someone doing the admin stuff. It's not perfect. You still jump in and help. You're still wearing all the hats, but you jump in. You have other people mowing the lawns. And yeah, you might do a site visit and go out there and help them for an hour. But really, you are doing high-level networking, relationship building. You're writing copy. You're doing marketing things. You're doing all this creative thinking about how to scale your product or service to more people, right? That means you're in stage three. Stage 4 is when you become a general manager over other people who are using the systems you built in all of those departments. So you have a sales guy who's doing the sales stuff we just talked about, you're talking to that person. You have the admin people, you have the field workers or the technicians or the whoever is actually doing the lowest form of implementation in your business, right? And stage 5 is when you're actually a business owner. And the example I like is a football team you know, most entrepreneurs want to be the quarterback so they can get the glory, right? Like they want to throw the winning touchdown touchdown pass. They want the ball with no time on the clock to shoot. And I totally get that. But let's go back to your why. Didn't you say that you wanted an automated, scalable business that gives you time freedom so you can be the T-ball coach and you can donate hundreds of thousands of dollars to that charity? you like, okay, cool. Well, you're not allowed to be quarterback then (laughs) because it's incongruent with your why, right? So, What you want to do is you don't want to be the quarterback you want to be the coach right but really you don't even want to be the coach see the coach is the stage four person the general manager the person rallying the troops you know holding people accountable working with them every day working a million hours you want to be the owner of the team in the press box like way up over there in that glass thing eating shrimp you want to be that guy right that's stage five and what's cool is you don't have to have a $27 billion company to be that guy. You can have a company that does like a half a million a year in sales. It provides a really great lifestyle for you. And you can be that guy. Like you get to define how this works. You get to make the rules up as you go. Like you don't have to compare yourself to people on Instagram, renting fake Lamborghinis and pretending they're awesome. Like do what you are supposed to do in a way that serves you. And systems is a path to get you there. And hopefully
0: And I'll see if you have any questions, but does that give some good context? Oh, my goodness. Just dropped a ton of stuff. And the only thing that I would add, just because, I I mean, you and I, we've talked, we've been friends now for a long time, which has been awesome. But the only thing I would add is I, I cannot reiterate how truthful that part is because we often, especially with Facebook, we see these people out there, and you kind of mentioned it about the Lamborghini and stuff, but we see these people out there that look like they're super successful. I know a, a company just recently, they were doing $150 million a year with a zero net profit. Wow. I mean, so you're looking at that kind of stuff and you're like, wow, how has that even happened? So make sure that you're you're in your you know, like you said, understanding your why is so important because you could be doing what, what did you say? Like a half a million dollars a year in sales. You could do
1: less than that. It depends on what
0: kind of business you have and what the model is.
1: But the point being is like, there's no one to compare yourself to. It's all an illusion. Like don't go on fake book and try to feel like crap (laughs) by yourself because your business sucks compared to some other thing. Like you just don't know, you don't know the whole story. Even my current company, you know, we're doing seven figures, we're scaling, it is really hard right now. We're I'm in that stage three place in my oh. current business and it's like, it's just tricky and we're still figuring out our model. That the reason I show up every day is because there's a very clear reason I'm doing this business. Yeah. I could do something else. I have opportunities up, up galore, like crazy. Like, yeah, insane. so I'm here, because I
0: know what I want. Yeah, there's a question here that, um, so how long approximately, and I, I think I know the answer, but I want you to answer the question. So how long does it take to go through each of these stages like you're talking about? Because you got five stages and inside of those five stages, how long does it take to go through like stage one, stage two, stage three, uh, and all the way up to get to five? Like, So if I'm just starting a brand new company, and I'll just reiterate what the question is coming, if I'm starting a brand new company, how long should it take me to go from starting up to being at stage five?
1: It depends on two things. Number one, your expertise. Number two, capital. So the, the rate at which you can scale a business and build a team around you is in direct proportion to how much capital you have, in, and then that's what you gotta have the expertise, right? Because if okay. you haven't done this before, that's fine. I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and it took me 10 years to build my first company and sell it, right? Okay. That's okay. But if I did that whole process over again right now, knowing what I know, it'd probably take like three. Right. So it depends on the person. Not all people are created equal. We all have different talents and skill sets, different ability to understand information and implement it. We all have different false beliefs. We all have different mind games we play with ourselves. So Mm. but I will tell you this, like one of the biggest mistakes that keep companies from growing is they don't, they don't leave enough cash in the business uh, to grow the business. And so it kind of chokes to death. So like, think of it like this, like the purpose of owning a car is not, so you can purchase gas, like the purchase, like you have to have gas to get from point A to point B. Gas is the money in your business, the profit, like having some breathing room, having, being able to move on an opportunity, being able to test a marketing thing without going broke if it doesn't work, like that's huge, right? right? But most people take too big of a salary too quick and they choke and they run their car out of gas and you can't right. drive the thing anywhere. You know, you're yeah. going one mile an hour on fumes downhill hoping that you roll into the gas station. You get they don't want to do yeah. that, right? Yeah. And money isn't everything but it's really similar to oxygen. That's what Zig Ziglar says. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> you kind <need> <laughs> of have to have it. And when you don't have any oxygen, it's the only thing you're thinking about. And yep. when you have a lot of it, you don't really think about it at all. Yeah that's kind of how money is and stuff. And you know, when you start having success and you look at your checking account and there's $50,000 in there or a hundred thousand dollars in there and you're like, I could buy so many jet skis right now. Like, <laughs> this goes back to your why, right? Yep. Again, this is the, the plumb line. This is the thing we measure all the decisions we make against in theory, although we'll mm-hmm. be messy and imp- imperfect. But when we look at, do I buy jet skis? Cause jet skis are really cool. Or, well, my why was that I could give away $500,000 to an orphanage in Thailand within 36 months. I only have $1,000. Probably shouldn't buy the jet skis, yeah. right?
0: So like, it, it makes your decisions more binary. It's really, really powerful. So, right. so here's another question that's coming in. And I think this is in reference to, I think it would be like stage two, three, and four, because you're still kind of working in the business. And the question is, uh, I, I'm struggling to trust my employees. To get it done the way that i would do it and i i think this is probably could be like i think you said this earlier this could be a whole another webinar on you know a whole other training series but is there anything that you can share just real quick within a few seconds minutes in regards to how do we build that culture of trust that you you're feeling comfortable to be that guy up in the box eating shrimp while the coach is down on the sidelines and the quarterback is on the field Because those are the stages that you you described there. And like, I think it was two, three, and four based on what you're looking at. How do we get to that point of being able to trust our employees? Well, number one, we need to be an employer worth working for.
1: And as employers, which I've talked to, I've had over a thousand coaching calls with small businesses and we all like to beat up employees and say how they suck and they don't follow through and they're terrible and millennials (laughs) don't work and they wear their man bun and drink their latte, but they won't work. They can't do it as good as I can. All that stuff is garbage and there's stories we tell ourselves to give us an excuse to not lead better, including Mm. me, by the way. Okay. So number one, you have to be a marketer to attract high level talent. Number one, you have to be someone that people want to work with. You don't just do a Craigslist post anymore and say, labor job must be drug free, $10 an hour, apply now. Like no one is applying to that job. (laughs) <laughs> you have to adapt, you have to market, you have to be, you have to offer people compensation packages instead of just an hourly rate. You have to decommoditize, which is one of the things I going to talk about, how you are as a company. And mm-hmm. with that being said, how do you get maximum performance? It's through giving them perfect, giving them permission to be imperfect. It's through letting them fail and then like cheering them on. It's through giving them the rules to the game clearly through systems. It's, it's through communication, leadership, leading by example. It is true that most employees will do exactly what you do, but a little bit less. And that's why as a company scales, things really start to break because this guy's doing a little bit less. And then this guy's leading this guy who's doing a little bit less than him. And then eventually the quality control wheels just come flying off. But you solve this through really good people, not because you're lucky and boohoo for you, you can't find good people. You have to be someone worth teaming up with, number one. Number two is you have to have documented systems. Employees crave certainty employees crave understanding. How do I measure if I'm winning?
0: You gotta say I say that know? again?
1: What do they crave? What, what do employees crave? See entrepreneurs like me, I can live with the level of uncertainty that most mm-hmm. people would collapse like a dying star on themselves. If they lived in the level of uncertainty, I live with.
0: Okay. <laughs> but, but we're That's so true.
1: <laughs> yes. Like I think it's fun to jump off the cliff and build the plane on the way down. Uh, most people don't think that's fun. <laughs> they don't want to do that. That's not funny, right? If you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> it's good. You laugh at that because you're an entrepreneur, but so <laughs> employees no. need stability and they need, they need clear expectations and we just fail big time at that. And building systems is a really good way to start. Mm. Uh, but again, like I even tell my company now, I say, look, our job is to be perfect. Our job is to continuously move from chaos towards less chaos Like, that's it. If we're doing that, we're winning. We're progressing. They need to feel like they're growing. They need to be rewarded. We need to gamify. I could talk for like an hour on that, but that's (laughs) a good overview.
0: Yeah, so let me just ask this one other question. I think you answered this already, but it's coming through here. Um, What would you say is the highest priority? And I, I heard it. Uh, I think in inside of your message, but I'd rather you have, have you answer it is what is the number one priority as an entrepreneur and becoming a business owner? What's the number one thing that you're supposed to, that we should focus on as a business owner? Sales. hundred percent. One billion percent because you can't serve people.
1: If you don't have money or gas in the gas tank, you can't. You can't. In fact, I would even go as far. This is a new train of thought because I got a a verbal beat down from some of my mentors. I'm in some very expensive mastermind groups and I've met a a lot of amazing people. And they were telling me at the last mastermind meeting I went to like that, Josh, you're being selfish. And I was like, whoa, I love people. I'm a nice person. I'm not being selfish. They're like, you are so selfish. I'm like, how am I being selfish? They said, you're not selling hard enough. You're not selling hard enough and that's you worried about you oh boohoo i don't want to bug people poor no like if you have a product or service that makes the world a better place you need to be selling it if you haven't offended someone by noon you're not marketing hard enough you ever heard that <laughs> one <laughs> and I, I struggle with that i do i do you know i don't want to push too hard but that is the answer that is the path and i'm implementing those beliefs into my business now even harder because I don't have to understand why it works. It's just the way that it works. All the people mm-hmm. ahead of me, they're over there. I'm like, hey, I want to come up there. They're like, sell harder. I'm like, okay. And so I have to do it, right? Yep. I have to implement. So sales and marketing is the foundational cornerstone. Which, if you want, I'd like to spend maybe five or ten minutes and just unpack some some gold nuggets and truth. Hey,
0: I mean, we're we're running an hour. I know people would love it. So it's really kind of up to you. I'll give you the five minutes, and I know this is like a big, big add-on at the end of things. So you those that stayed, you get
1: it. <laughs> yeah, woo Okay, so we have systems. We've defined our why. You know, we're fighting through some false belief stuff, and we're surrounding ourselves with better people. And we've joined Examinly, and we're learning stuff, and we're all excited. And we have notepads. That's all awesome. Let's talk about sales and marketing. Number one is you are the best salesman that your company is ever going to have, probably. Mm-hmm. And you have to become an actual salesperson. More, most people spend more time strategizing about selling than they do actually selling. And it's perfectly okay to just sell imperfectly it's, that's really good. I just made that up. It's perfectly okay to sell imperfectly. Um, I was talking to a young lady today who's starting a fashion company and she's really talented and creative and she has all these strategies and she's going to do like this business model, kind of like Tom's shoes, where you buy a shirt and they support these Mm. orphans and there's this whole thing. And we're talking endlessly about strategy. And we finally get to the part where I say, how many sales have you made so far? And she had sold $900 worth of shirts. And she's, by the way, she's like 19 or 20 years old and it's a brand new business. But I'm like, listen to me, nothing matters until we sell $5,000 worth of stuff. Let's, let's do that, right? I say get a whiteboard, because whatever is measured is improved. And every day when you walk into your office, I want you to put a zero on it. And then as you plan out your day, And it should all be based on you selling and marketing your stuff and being an advocate and being excited and experimenting with things that are embarrassing and don't work. But then doing it again the next day, (laughs) we get a sale. We change it to 50 bucks. I made a sale and we change it to whatever until we've reached $5,000 because you have to have these mental breakthroughs in your head. You have to make your first dollar. I remember the first dollar I made on the internet was the most surreal thing ever, ever. It was weird, right? I remember the first webinar I ever did, we made $33,000 in one hour. I got out of my chair, I laid on the floor, and just was thanking God and like almost crying. I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. But it happened because I had put myself out there, I had built up this pressure on this thing, and I was excited, and I got people to come on my webinar, and I'm selling them stuff, and it was amazing, but it's because I did the work of sales and marketing. Hopefully, I've made it clear that that is the foundational cornerstone, right? Yeah, so that's awesome. On a practical level, what you want to try to do is you want to try to create what I call levers, okay? And I'm a visual person, so I have, like, the five stages of business growth or the, the five steps of the system. That's how my mind works. And creating a lever is a, it's a system. And what you're doing is you have to find a way to spend a dollar – put a dollar in this little box and inside the box are little gears and there's like grease on the gears and like you pull the lever and then $10 falls out the bottom or $5 falls out the bottom, right? That's what we want to happen. And the way to make that happen is through a lot of experimentation and a lot of education and a lot of execution and implementing Mm -hmm. and trying things, but most importantly, measuring things. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have to learn things like, you know, your customer acquisition cost, which is a really big, scary word. If you're brand new in business, it's not. It's like if your product sells for a hundred bucks and you make $40 profit, your maximum customer acquisition cost is 40 bucks or else you're going backwards, right? Pretty simple. <laughs> so yeah. you want it to be as low as it possible within certain parameters. So what I always advise people to figure out your max CAC, C-A-C, just means customer acquisition cost, figure out your max customer acquisition cost as like a baseline and then just try to get it as low as possible, right? But once right. you've done that, it's like it's like a license to print money, right? Like, it's crazy what you can do uh, with direct response or e-commerce or even digital products. I've sold a lot of courses and a lot of educational things.
0: Yep. Um, it's crazy. Yes, And the e commerce it's all, I mean, like, you're talking about customer acquisition. Um, I know, like, especially in circles in e-comm, they talk about the average order value, right? You know, so it's basically the same thing, That's it's not, not any different yeah, whatever average your average average mm-hmm. number is, whether it's a customer acquisition or what like you got to find out what that number is.
1: So. yeah, we call it an average ticket in the home yep. services business, but it's the same thing. yeah, on average, what's a customer worth to you? and on average, what's a profit margin mm-hmm. across that whole package of stuff they bought? Yeah. and that's your maximum. And then you know I like to shoot for less than fifty percent of whatever that maximum customer acquisition cost is. But, you know, I'm also a fan of business models that have a lifetime value rather than just a transactional value. Oh, absolutely. So a lot of e guys are struggling because, you know, Amazon is so crowded. It's a really, really noisy red ocean with the bloody chum of the sharks competition. <laughs> <tomorrow. laughs> right. And like you're trying to sell a ladle on Amazon for three bucks and then someone's selling it for $2.50 and you're like, yeah. <laughs> so you lower it down. So it's a mess, but like people like Russell Brunson from ClickFunnels have done a phenomenal job, put out a lot of educational content talking about, you know, this thing called a value ladder and how, you know, if you can acquire a customer and make nothing on the front end, who cares? Because now we have a relationship with them and we're gonna sell them a whole bunch of stuff later. So there's strategies you can learn. um, And all of these are valid depending on the kind of business you have. You just wanna make sure that you're executing and testing on these things. And then some good old fashioned marketing truths for
0: marketing in general. Um, I just have a short list here that I put together. Yeah. Just, just so we don't totally lose people. If you are brand new in the business, don't get overwhelmed. Um, Just take it a step, take what you can, because uh, when you start talking about value letters and average and all this other kind of stuff, I mean, we went from, okay, just break down your day, you know, like your day on a daily basis of what you're doing to, okay, let's talk about average orders and all this other kind of stuff, which is, it's kind of like the next level up. So don't, don't feel bad if you don't know it, because everybody's got to go through that learning phase and it's just part of it. Maybe this is your first introduction. Just get used to it um, because there's going to be a lot of other little components and things that are coming in. But go ahead, hit hit with those last couple of things. And then, you know, if, if you've got a way for them to get in contact with you, I'd love to be able to make sure that, you know, they have a way to be able to do that. So,
1: Sure, sure. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll downshift a little bit. And these are pretty simple principles. Uh, but the three big ones when you're marketing that I've discovered are personalization, multi-touch, and hyper-targeting. And so what I mean is, is you got to figure out who you're selling to, Mm -hmm. or you could call that an avatar if you want to sound fancy at your next party. (laughs) Who's your perfect customer? Where are they at? And what type of bait are we going to use to get them to bite the hook, right? Like that's the simplest way to think about marketing because they're hanging out somewhere. People tend to congregate with like-minded people. So you Mm -hmm. might reach them through Facebook because they like certain types of pages and you can target them or maybe they're on certain forums or they read certain magazines or something, right? They're in these little like groups, people group up together, right? So who are they, where are they, and what type of beta are you gonna use? Now hyper-targeting means that you get really clear on your avatar. And a lot of people, including Russell Brunson, goes as far as like drawing a picture of this person, naming the person, putting their occupation down, their annual income down, like how many kids they have. It's all fake, but you're trying to really understand who am I talking to when I'm selling my stuff, right? It's really huge that you really understand who you're selling your stuff to. That's hyper-targeting, getting really granular in the minutia of you're talking to a 36-year-old divorced mom with two kids who is actually really ambitious with business, but has never had the opportunity. Like that's specific, right? Like I can use words to like elicit emotion in a certain way when I'm talking to that person. Right. Right. So that's hyper targeting. The other thing is personalization. Like anything you can do with marketing to personalize the marketing is huge. In fact, the personalization like industry, it's like the sub niche that's kind of in the underbelly of the internet, but it's a big deal. People are trying to figure out, you know, how do we automate like how do we send gifts to people, but I want to have like their name on it? How do I send them like this this thing, but has the, like, you don't send people something with your logo on it, which is the old way of thinking. You send them something with their logo on it, which is the new way of thinking. Personalization is huge. You know, what's everybody's favorite word in the whole world, Tim? It's their own name, right? right. People love their own name. They like their own house. We have a, our software actually lets you send postcards and some of our users will mail these postcards and they can use our mobile app And it'll take a picture of the person's house and print it on the postcard. So as they're throwing away their junk mail, they go, whoa, what? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. With their name on it too. Yeah, right. You can put their name on it. We've had pet groomers use it to like take a picture of the dog after it's groomed. And then three months later, they get a a letter or a card in the mail that has a picture of their dog on it saying it's time to bring Fluffy back in to get cut. That is using the marketing principle of personalization. It's a big deal. And depending on what kind of business you have, like it's a secret weapon and you want to get creative with it. So mm. hyper-targeting, personalization, and then multi-touch. So one mistake people make is they do like a one and done thing or they'll, they'll try something, but the sample size is too small. Like you got to remember that people literally have the attention span of a goldfish. And you need to tell them seven hundred times what your offer is, and then one day they're like, "Huh, that's cool. I haven't heard of that before." And you're like, "How did you not hear about it before?" <laughs> it's, it's months, right? It happens all the time. And uh, so you got to be a broken record, and you have to, you know, stick to the long, the long, the long game with it. Doesn't mean that you take a bad strategy and keep throwing money at it, uh, but it does mean that you commit to being in front of people as often as you can as long as you're the right people and you're personalizing it somehow right and you yeah. can personalize it through the copy you like your t- like that avatar they feel like you're staring into their soul when they read your
0: marketing copy because That's, you're talking to them. Right? Yeah. I don't think I, it's not even, I mean, you gave a couple of illustrations of some service businesses, but that is exactly the same principles that you're talking about is what you use on whether you're doing Facebook ads or uh, your AdWords, your Google AdWords, or you're doing a webinar, whatever it is, those same principles apply across the board. I don't care who you are, where you are, those exact same principles are going to apply to you hundred yeah. percent of the time. So
1: another thing I wanted to talk about, with sales and marketing is the importance of storytelling.
0: Oh yeah, that's
1: a big one. What I call decommoditizing your brand. Okay, so like, oh man, this is so powerful guys. I hope you're really awake still and with me, but think about when you go to the grocery store and you walk in and they're selling bread and they have this rack of like 20 different brands of white bread and they're all like a dollar or $2, however much bread (laughs) costs, I don't even know. But they're, they're, like, they're pretty much indistinguishable from each other. If you hadn't grown up eating a certain one or didn't have a preference, it's, it doesn't matter which one you get. They're, all, they're the same thing with a different logo on the bag, right? Mm. But then you look over and there's this other rack and it's like a wood artisan rack. And it has bread for sale, but the loaf of bread over there costs $7. And it's $7, but everything about it's different. The rack that it's on is different. The way it smells is different because the front of the bag is open. The shape of the loaf is different. They have that crinkly like brown paper with the clear window on the top, right? Like everything is better and different. And the reason that that's powerful for all businesses is if you can find a way to decommoditize yourself away from the other people selling ladles on the internet, and you can do that through storytelling, you can do that through positioning, you can do it through just like uh, brand identity or like building a mass movement or there's so much stuff. Like there's this lady um, in Russell's inner circle with me called Caitlin Poland, Caitlin Poland. And she's built a $30 million business doing weight loss. And most of her customers are like 40 or 50 year old overweight women who have kids and they don't look like supermodels. Well, Caitlin's like a professional bodybuilder. She's like perfectly fit. She's obsessed. Well, how did she do that? She created a movement. She decommoditized. Weight loss is one of the most crowded markets on the planet. She has 100,000 more than that customers. They're doing over a million dollars. They're doing like insane revenue, serving hundreds of thousands of people. They have 1.2 million women on their email list. They're just crushing because she created a manifesto. And this is a way just to give people ideas on how to decommoditize your business. She didn't make her movement about her. She didn't say, you need to be like me. What she said was, was you're a lady boss. That's her brand. Lady boss doesn't make excuses. A lady boss always finds a way to, over, to achieve. A lady boss has compassion on other lady bosses. A lady boss has blah, blah, blah. She calls it her manifesto. And by doing that, she's given these people this identity that goes far beyond like a weight loss program on the internet. And, you know, all this stuff is, is powerful, but you want to be able to separate because price doesn't matter that much when you're over on your own rack. Mm-hmm. People don't care that $7. They just want the really good bread. And those are the types of customers I think most businesses would want to attract.
0: Absolutely. That's it. I hope that was helpful. Oh man, there's so many, I hate the word gold nugget, but golly, <laughs> I mean, like we hit a minefield of all these things here. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but if somebody wanted to connect with you directly, obviously we're going to be in the group. Um, so there's, there's ways to be able to do that, but if they needed to find you directly, um, is there anything that, that we can share with them? Um, you know, whether it's on Facebook, I don't know if you have like a general page that you use or what, but
1: yeah, they can search me on Facebook. I'm at the friend limit thing, but they can follow me on there or Perfect. they can, Join one of my Facebook groups. I have a Facebook group uh, for my software company called Send Jim Pro Tools, and that's gym, like Jim like J I M. Send Jim Pro Jim Pro Tools, and we have marketing automation software. You guys can check it out. It's really super cool. Uh, tons of people use it from all over the place, um, and you can get a hold of me there.
0: Okay, cool awesome well thank, thank you. you and uh we totally have i mean i've thoroughly enjoyed it learned a little bit and awesome. um, thank you Tim. Yeah, absolutely so enjoy and yeah we'll get this one um so <laughs> any questions make sure you go ahead and post and then again we'll follow up with those things and make sure we get as much answered as we can so enjoy your day and rock it out